Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we take a look at this week in grain markets. With wheat moving up and canola downward. We have a two-part feature on a study of Saskatchewan food security, growing, handling, and securing food supplies, especially during the pandemic. It's a study by researchers, including the U of R. Real agriculture looks at wireworms in the field. Flooding in Manitoba and B.C. is also an issue, and the farm weather's in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Grain prices were mixed this past week. PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Pacallo says canola was down $34 a ton for the week. Well, spring wheat was up 44 cents a bushel. Well, Jim, starting off on the canola front, July canola decreased approximately $34 a ton on the week. July canola is down about $7 a ton on the day right now. And we did actually see last week a new contract high on Friday made for the July contract it reached 12 12 30 a ton and since then really it it uh, seems like it reached a bit of a peak here now and it has declined so palm oil is is actually down 5% for a second day in a row definitely the vegetable oils seem a little bit weak and i think that's bringing down uh, canola here right now on the Minneapolis wheat front, a bit different of a story. On the July contract, the mini is up about 44 cents a bushel for the week. And we have actually seen here in the last couple days, yesterday and today, new contract highs for all of the month. So what are the factors pushing canola down and wheat upward? Well, again, talking on the canola front, a near 10% drop in, in Malaysia palm oil futures in the last few sessions has really helped drive soybean oil lower and soybeans as well too. Uh, Malaysia palm oil inventories are believed to have increased near 13% in April from the previous month to the highest now in five months. And palm oil production is likely to be increased near 5%. 
And there is actually a bit more talk that there's some expectations Indonesia could lift their export ban soon that was put on. So that's definitely kind of one thing to, to kind of watch. And then on the Minneapolis wheat front here, we are seeing, again, quite a strong market here, relatively here. Global wheat trade in kind of 2021-2022 season is now seen at 191 million tons. And that's up from the April estimate for 189.8 million. And the weather forecast does kind of carry a little bit more of a bullish tilt for the next two weeks. There has been in some increasing rains for the next five days for the eastern half of the Dakotas and Minnesota, which could slow spring wheat progress. So again, seeing you know just some supportive factors from that. One, I would say negative factor for kind of all the commodities that hasn't really affected things recently is a surging U.S. dollar. The U.S. dollar has been still making new highs here on just volatile stock market side of things. And But right now we're seeing oil increase today above 110 on the June WTI contract. And so there are commodities that are still surging even with the U.S. dollar increasing as well. So what's the outlook next week and beyond? Well, next week I'm going to be watching. There is a USDA report on Thursday, and we are seeing potentially a few tops in some of these commodities. Corn is looking a little bit weaker here, changing a few trends. Soybeans have been trading sideways, and we'll see that how that spills over into the canola market and and as well as the wheat next week. Adam Piccolo is a Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eaves troughs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesTroughs.ca and your Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. Researchers at the University of Regina have launched a study on food security in Saskatchewan. Social Studies Associate Professor Amber Fletcher says researchers want to hear from the public about food-related challenges and innovations. Our reason, our main motivation for wanting to do this study is because, of course, we all saw during the pandemic how this major crisis we were experiencing collectively also changed the way that we interact with food. So we saw, you know, challenges to processing systems, challenges to export systems. But then at the same time, we saw these interesting local practices where so many people started gardening or baking or doing food-related things that they'd never done before. And I, I know for me, I, I tried my hand at baking bread, which I had never done before, and I think a lot of people did the same thing. So we're interested in studying how food interacts with these kinds of crises and how our food-related practices can change but can also make us more adaptable when major crises like this happen. So, of course, here on the prairies, we know that food is about more than just sustenance. It's also really interconnected with our culture. And and I think we have so many examples of that. We have, you know, pierogi making and community suppers and indigenous hunting and trapping, berry picking, canning, all these, these great examples. And for us, we're really interested in understanding how these practices are related to culture and connected to what we call living heritage. So going ahead, going forward into the future, we know that there are going to be more crises, unfortunately. We know that climate change is happening, of course. And so our our main focus, our main goal with this project is by 
better understanding people's relationship with food and how cultural practices could, if, if strengthened and supported, could actually help possibly mitigate food security concerns and, and possibly make our food systems more resilient. And that's really the main objective. So it's looking at how Saskatchewan people have adapted to the pandemic and in, in food security issues. So what issues do you really hope to resolve? Well, what we hope to do is to find out, first of all, what those practices are. So what are the, the main food-related activities that people are engaging in? And we're interested, of course, in, in food production, which we know is, is huge here in the prairies and in Saskatchewan. But we're also interested in activities like processing, the way people distribute food, the way they consume it, and how all of that is really tied to culture and, and what it means to people. And by understanding that first then we can have a better sense of how we might support those activities better, how we might, you know, maybe there's, there's policy interventions that could be made or programs that could be put into place that would help people strengthen those activities to better support food security when crises happen in the future. And I understand you're asking Saskatchewan residents to participate in a voluntary survey. What is some of the questions in your survey? Sure. Yes, we are. We have a voluntary survey available. It's an electronic survey and we have all kinds of different questions in the survey pertaining to, you know, the different ways that people are producing food, consuming food, processing food. We're interested in people's hunting activities, gardening, canning, all the different kinds of practices that people engage in. But beyond that, we're also interested in whether people have any food security concerns in their communities. Amber Fletcher is an associate professor in social studies at the U of R. Coming up after the farm weather, Fletcher provides more details on the online survey on food security in Saskatchewan. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. I have here with me Lyle Jensen, who is with AgroPlus Inc. How's it going today? Oh, pretty good. It's good to be here. Finally, a day with some beautiful weather. You've been out and about scouting in the fields, and you've come across a fair amount of wireworm. Do you want to talk first about maybe what some of the conditions have been that have led to that? Yeah, we've been very dry here, and the last week or so, we've been getting increasingly warmer. So as our soil temperature has come up, I'm really starting to see a lot more wireworms as they're moving up into the feeding position for the spring. So especially in uh, the barley so far this year, I've seen a lot of feeding, not a lot in the wheat yet, but uh, it is definitely that season. And so far, what I've been finding has mostly been the destructor type wireworms or prairie grain wireworm. Okay, so talk a bit about, while you're talking about the different species here, do you want to elaborate on what they are? Well, there's uh, over 30 species in total on the prairies, but here we mostly focus on like the big three in this area, which would be the bicolor, the destructor, and the californicus. So those three make up the, the majority of our damaging wireworms in cereals. And does, does feeding damage look any different between the three? 
The Destructor tends to be the largest of the three and it can quite often cause damage. It looks a lot like a cutworm. It'll completely cut the coleoptile or the stems off of cereals underground. Whereas the Californicus and the bicolor tend to be smaller and will sometimes spend more time feeding on the seed or will just tunnel into the stem itself. Here's some examples of the actual wireworm larvae. This one here is likely a, either a bicolor or a Californicus. It's a, a little browner in color. This one here would be the destructor, so this would be the prairie grain wireworm. Under magnification, you can kind of tell a little bit by the barbs on their back end. If they're heavily forked, it's probably a destructor. And this would be the most damaging type for cereal crops. And this one here, a little hard to grab onto him because of the wind here, but uh, he is either a juvenile or a potentially different species. It's hard to tell. So do you want to talk a bit about uh, what you're looking for? You're going out into your field and you're starting to see this wheat emerge. What's that damage going to look like? Basically, you're just going to be looking for uh, the above ground symptoms, which would be dead plants. In wheat, that'll generally be, it'll be either laying over flat on the ground, or it'll be wilting compared to others around it, or just dead and shriveled up. Barley tends to be a little bit more visual. Uh, any stem feeding or seed feeding on barley will generally result in a bright yellow leaf that is quite easy to see. So what, what are there for control options, or I guess before we get to control options, thresholds, if you're out there and you're seeing some, like, at what point is it a concern? Well, thresholds are pretty hard to establish because prior to seeding, you're probably going to spend a lot of time digging fruitlessly in the ground and not finding a whole lot. So trying to predict what's going to happen in any one field with wireworms is, is next to impossible. So the only tool that we really have to fight them is seed treatments. And uh, traditionally, we've been relying on neonics. And those, at best, give you suppression for, you know, 30, 35 days just to allow the crop to kind of grow past the, the really damaging stage of emergence before the wireworms start feeding again. Now, obviously, if the plants are coming out of the ground, we're too late for seed treatments, but we can be looking at populations this year and of click beetles to kind of look at next year. Do you want to elaborate a bit on that? Yeah, so for that, you can use... Uh the, the click beetle traps, which are dug into the soil, and they basically, the beetles just kind of blunder into them and fall into a pit. And if you go and check those every week and count, you'll be able to somewhat establish a threshold for that area. And if populations are really high, you know you're probably going to be at risk the next year. Okay, here's one of the adult beetles. This is a click beetle. It looks to be a destructor type. You can see there's uh, basically no size difference between the, the head or the th and the thorax. Kind of an even size all along which differentiates them from a ground beetle which is actually a beneficial predator the ground beetle would have a smaller head on the front and uh, these guys are fairly easy to trap to assess numbers and now how detrimental can wireworm damage be to your final yield they can be really devastating uh, i've found several fields over the years where sometimes population can be you know six to eight wireworms in a foot of seed row and that can you know, reduce the, your, your plant stand by 60 to 80% or more. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. 
the official 620 CKRM Farm Weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Partly cloudy today, wind southeast 30, gusting to 50, turning to the southwest this afternoon. The high today, 22, the low 8. Saturday, cloudy, 70% chance of showers. Wind southeast 30 in the morning, then west 40, gusting to 60 in the afternoon. The high 16 Saturday, the low plus 4. Sunday, sunny, the high 19, the low 3. Monday, rain, high 12, low 3. Tuesday, periods of rain and a high 9, the low plus 5. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high 18. Rain showers in the evening on Wednesday, the low 7. Thursday, periods of rain again and the high 16. Normal high is 17 for the state. The normal low is 2 degrees. The sun rose at 525 this morning. It sets at 825 tonight. And currently... We have the hot spot, yellow grass in the southeast corner near Weyburn at 23. The cold spot up north, Key Lake at plus 3. Estevan is 14. Saskatoon, 19. Swift Current, 19. Weyburn and Yorkton, both 18 degrees. Regina, partly cloudy in 22. That's 72 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west-southwest, 35, gusting to 51. Humidity is 35%. The barometric pressure dropping, and it's low now. It's at 99.9. Partly cloudy in Moose Jaw, 21. Winds are from the southwest at 35, gusting to 54. Once again, Regina, partly cloudy in 22. That's 72 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada. Before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils, maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. A team of researchers in Saskatchewan are taking a look at food security and culture in the province following the pandemic. University of Regina Associate Professor of Social Studies, Amber Fletcher, says the research includes an online survey asking the public about food supply issues. So we've got some questions about do, do the elders in your community express concerns about food security? Do others in your community experience food security concerns? And do you and your household experience those concerns? So hopefully by, by better understanding what the, the range of issues are, we can not only have a, a better handle on any potential problems or where those problem areas might exist, but we're also interested in understanding how people cope and, and adapt. We're, we are very adaptable people here in the prairies, and, uh, and we're interested in how people, what strategies people are using to support and to strengthen food security. So by understanding all of that through our survey, we hope to get a better sense of maybe some hot spots in the province where there's particular issues or maybe where really interesting initiatives and projects exist. And from that point, we can move forward from the survey and we hope to actually do much more intensive research with five selected communities in the province. So we've already identified a few communities that are interested, but we are looking for more. 
so uh, so we would ask people if, if you're aware of you know whether it's concerns about food in your in your area or maybe if there's something really interesting and innovative happening that you'd like to tell us about we are still looking for communities to participate so we would ask you to reach out by the survey or you could send us an email give us a call and we'd be happy to hear about what's going on in your area can you reveal what those five communities are at the moment, we're still working to develop the relationship, so it might be a little bit early to say, but I'll be sure to give you an update as soon as I can. I understand you're looking at honeybees as well? Yes, so we do have a honeybee component, a pollinator's component of this study, and what we're doing is we're calling it a bio-blitz, which some people may have heard of before. basically involves asking interested people in Saskatchewan to go out into their backyards, into their fields, their roadways, basically into their, their local area and to record the number and variety of different bees that they encounter. So there's actually an app that we're using. It's called the iNaturalist app. And it allows people to basically take a photo of the pollinators that they see. Those photos will then get submitted to a larger database. And from there, we can get a sense of what kind of bees are, are in existence, what kind of bees are present in the area but we hope to go further than that and, and talk to people about their perceptions of the bees and and how they do they think those bees are important for local food and and what kinds of connections do people actually make so going beyond just the presence of the bees but also the meanings that those pollinators hold for people here in saskatchewan and their links to food security as well what time frame are you looking at for the survey the voluntary survey the survey closes at the end of May, so we would ask for people to uh, respond by the end of May. And if they're interested in getting a link to the survey, they can email us. We have an email address at food.culture at uregina.ca. So that's you as in University of Regina.ca. They can also call our principal investigator, Dr. Glenn Suter. His number is 306 787-2859 and you can also follow Heritage Saskatchewan. So we're partnered with Heritage Saskatchewan on this project and they've been posting on their social media, on their website, there's a new blog post so people can also check that out and, and through all of those methods you can get a link to the electronic survey and, and we would really encourage people to participate. We're hoping, we've heard from over 100 people already and we're hoping to hear from a lot more. Amber Fletcher is an Associate Professor of Social Studies at the University of Regina. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com with the parts of Manitoba already flooded and expecting more rain and snow next week, there's also a growing concern of more flooding in B.C.'s Fraser Valley this spring. The damage from flooding last fall is still being assessed in places like Abbotsford. Dozens of farms in the area were affected by three big storms last November, and the city's mayor says it's been a struggle to secure funding to begin repairs on dikes that are more than 50 years old. Henry Braun recently told the Senate Agriculture Committee if the weather pattern continues the way it is this spring, last year's flooding just east of Vancouver will seem minimal in comparison. Since I've been the mayor, every opportunity we that comes along where we're dealing with the dikes on the Fraser and the Nooksack, we've been advocating to senior levels of government for help. We cannot do this by ourselves. And unless that changes... We're going to see this again. As uh, uh, Chair Lum has said, I am, I, I'm worried about the 
Fraser this year because we have the kind of same conditions as we had in 1948, a cool spring, lots of snow up country. When that stuff starts to melt and you get, if we, all we need now is five or six days of 30 plus degree uh, weather in May and June, followed by a heavy dump of rain. And uh, we may see something that we didn't see since 1948 on the Fraser. And that will impact everybody from Hope downstream to uh, to Berard or to uh, the Georgia Strait, and that will be twenty times more damaging. So that's where we need the help. That's the mayor of Abbotsford, Henry Braun. The West Coast is bracing for more heavy rain in the coming days. Meanwhile, farmers in parts of southern Alberta, many of whom are well into seeding now, can only hope some of that rain will make it over the Rockies. Six farm research projects across Saskatchewan have been approved for $484,000 in funding from the federal and provincial governments. The funding is through a program which offers support for field-level demonstrations. Successful projects will be conducted by the U of R, U of S, Southeast Research Farm, Judd Street, Associates Crop Consulting Services, Spencer Horticultural Solutions, and the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Freeze Tom and Lumber. Grain prices were showing some increases in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola rose 290 at 1083.92. Number one red spring wheat went up 1094 at 525.44. The rest were unchanged. Durham 551.16. Feed barley 387.54. Flax twelve twelve seventy three, lentils nine thirty two fifty, oats three ninety one fifty three, yellow peas six seventeen thirty three, feed wheat three seventy eight thirty. At Minneapolis, July spring wheat rose twenty two cents at eleven ninety nine and a quarter cent a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report. Heartland Livestock here in Moose Jaw. 550 cows and bulls and a handful of yearlings here at our Thursday regular sale. This cow market was a little lower. There are a ton of cows showing up all across western Canada. These good, big, strong cows. 97 to $1. eight sales to one ten and 50 Hay-fed cows these lower yielding kind of cows 90 to 98 heifers the greener the better 115 to 140 sales to 148 good bulls 118 to 129 we'd add some big limo bulls as top out at 135 and a quarter thursday may 12th is our last thursday regular sale then on tuesday may 17th we've added in another pre-sort in followed by cows and bulls and selling right after that on tuesday may 17th this is grant barnett reporting let's have one great afternoon and now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 7,200 hogs Thursday, selling in a range of 229 to $244 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 5,500 head, selling in a range of 229 to $243 per CKG. 100 index hog prices for the week ending Saturday, May 7th are Oli West 2020, 233.80, Oli West 2021, 238.10, Maple Leaf Sig 4, 229.85, Ham's Cash, 227.85, Thunder Creek Brick O, 231.24, and High Life Cash and Contra, 243.80 dollars per CKG. Ham's Cash Hog price today is mixed and four contract prices opened lower this morning. On Thursday, the Canadian dollar was down seven basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.2822. 
Canadian dollars currently trade at 77.53 cents U.S. Daily U.S. cash prices are mixed to finish the week, with the Western Corn Belt softening 96 cents U.S. to 100 weight, while the national form has made a modest 3 cent gain relative to the previous day. Base prices for week ending May 7th all trended or are trending lower. In the meantime, the pork cutout is also locked in a sideways pattern and has been steady to lower. The cutout can be considered as a proxy for pork demand, and hog prices move in a similar fashion when the cutout responds to market dynamics. There was talk earlier that packers may have been a bit more aggressive in earlier bidding in an attempt to shore up pork inventory ahead of what was expected to be a summer of tight supplies. The most recent cold storage report supports this idea as increases in inventories between February and March by 1.4% were observed when the trend is to see the month-over-month change decrease by 1.6%. In any case, if posters have secured their needs today, it may explain some of the recent softness in the cutout. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Mandeco. Talk to your Mandeco dealer or visit mandeco.com to learn more about Mandeco land rollers and tillage equipment. The Saskatchewan Public Safety Agency says the southern portion of the province is at increased risk for grass fires. Jeanette Krajewski is the Manager of Intelligence and Situational Awareness with the agency. Until things are green, perhaps we get some nice timely rains, we ask people to be extra cautious when they are using any type of open fire or outdoor activities. Krajewski adds that until things green up, residents will need to be careful. Saskatoon-based uranium giant Cameco has reported a profit of almost $32 million in the first three months of the year. The company has been exercising supply discipline, a decision based on the state of the market which led to a slowdown in Saskatchewan operations, a slowdown which is now being reversed. CEO Tim Gitzel says there are big changes in his industry. It's still early days, but we are seeing what we believe is an unprecedented geopolitical realignment occurring in the nuclear fuel cycle. Operations continue to ramp up in Saskatchewan uranium operations. Gitzel says 600 employees and long-term contractors are working at the MacArthur River Mine and Key Lake Mill with the goal later this year of 850 workers. On the markets, the TSX is up 12 points to 20,708. The Dow has dropped 175 points to 32,822. Oil has risen $2.05 at 110.31 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is down 32 hundredths of a cent at 77.57 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan. Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.